The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hi everyone, Kimberly Falker here, the founder and CEO of the Premier Dance Network, the only podcast network dedicated solely to the world of dance. And welcome to Pod to Chat with your host, Barry Corellis. Before we get started with today's episode, I'd like to take a moment and share a word from our sponsor. Body Rappers' Angela Luzio is happy to be the proud sponsor of the Premier Dance Network. Body Rappers' Angela Luzio is known for its fine total stretch tights and Angela Luzio shoes. Tyler Peck, principal dancer of the New York City Ballet, is its spokesperson and designer of Tyler Peck Designs for Premier. It takes a dancer who wears a leotard all day to know what is best in a leotard. So Tyler's beautiful original leotard designs fit perfectly, are ideal for class, rehearsal, or performance, and move well with the body and won't ride up in the back. Body Wrappers makes additional apparel for all types of dance that includes ballet, jazz, modern, lyrical, hip-hop, tap, team, liturgical, performance wear for competition and recital, as well as Angela Luzio shoes. You may view all the products at www.bodywrappers.com or to purchase Tyler Peck designs by Body Wrappers, go to dancewearcorner.com or your favorite online dance apparel retailer for all their products. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corollas, and you are listening to Pa to Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this bi-monthly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I'm happy to share my 16 plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Happy Friday and happy summer to you all. I know it's not officially summer quite yet, but people often say that Memorial Day is the official start to the season, so why not wish you a happy season? I've actually had a day off here and there lately, which I'm trying to make uh, into a regular thing, uh, a regular weekly thing as I go into the next year. Um, so I've had some time to rest. I've had some time to start working on some things that I need to get done as I start to prepare to build into the summer and into the new season. But as with most things in life, it's a work in progress and I, it's going to take a little while to get there uh, to that regular weekly day off. I'll be heading off to LA for a week this weekend, so I'll be enjoying some city, some beach, and some time with my, my family and my husband's family and friends. So I won't be teaching my regular classes at Broadway Dance Center from, I believe it's June 10th until June 18th. But just a reminder that I'll be adding an extra basic ballet class to my schedule for the entire month of June otherwise on Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. And I will also begin teaching an intermediate advanced ballet class on Saturdays at 10.30 a.m., immediately followed by an intermediate contemporary class at noon. Uh, this is a limited summertime engagement for me here at Broadway Dance Center. <clears throat> so if you want an opportunity to learn my contemporary work or to get an intermediate advanced professional level class, uh, you'll have until September 8th to join me um, unless they give me another class at a different time. They, on Saturdays, they typically, during the year, have a children's program on the weekend. So um, it probably wouldn't be on a Saturday. 
I've been thinking about what I want to talk about this week, and I was thinking it might be fun to give a little insight as to what it's like to teach at a major institution like Broadway Dance Center. Um, so I've, I talk about that place all the time. One of my recent podcasts was about how I got promoted to permanent faculty there. Uh, but a lot of people don't actually know what it is like to be a, a faculty member at this type of institution. As many of you know who follow my work, I've been working at Broadway Dance Center uh, for two years now, and I've also worked in. I also work at another uh, open class school in the city at Steps on Broadway. But uh, like I said, I was only promoted to faculty at Broadway Dance Center in the last month or so, and I'm still guest faculty at Steps on Broadway. There's often quite the process for us teachers to move through the ranks of this famous organization. And I feel like this happens because there's nothing like teaching open classes to adults and children, ranging from recreational students to professionals. And often we have all of this group in the same class. Uh, it takes confidence, spirit, charm, and quick thinking to work at Broadway Dance Center. Uh, and it, it takes a while to cultivate that. And I think that's why it took me so long to rise through the organization. Uh, but I thought that it might be a little bit of fun to give you a little bit of insight as to what it is like to be uh, a teacher at the school on Broadway. <laughs> we're actually not technically on Broadway. We're right off of Broadway in Hell's Kitchen on uh, between 8th and 9th Avenue on 45th Street. We're right next to Kinky Boots. Um, so if you ever have seen Kinky Boots on Broadway, just walk a little bit further and you'll find uh, Broadway Dance Center. All right, first things first. Broadway Dance Center is unique because it is in New York City and it is an open class school. There are a few places in the world where a school can hold dance classes in seven different studios from 9 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. seven days a week and fill their studios constantly. And this is with competition from other open class schools and tuition-based programs in the city. Broadway Dance Center is a massive institution that moves at a remarkable pace and employs dozens upon dozens of established professionals uh, and working instructors and up-and-comers like me. <laughs> Class sizes can range from a few dancers to 70-plus students. I've seen a couple of classes have that many or more. Uh, and that's usually for the most popular teachers. And styles range from ballet to contemporary, hip-hop, voguing, other street styles, musical theater, jazz, and beyond. These classes are all available from the earliest levels of training to classes where professionals attend with certain choreographers to field work and other opportunities or just to stay in shape. Working in a New York-paced environment requires development of a range of skills from its teachers. So... I thought it would be fun to share a few of my experiences as a ballet and contemporary instructor at the Big Apple's most famous dance school. While, okay, so let's talk about levels first. Um, while a class may be listed at a certain level, it doesn't mean that this will be the level the teacher instructs at or the level of students that will show up. <laughs> to take this class. There is no audition to approve dancers to attend certain levels and people have a different idea as to what constitutes an appropriate skill level for themselves. It is an open class school, which means that you can just show up. You don't have to prove anything. You just show up, pay your money, and you can go take class. Um, teachers need to, to be able to think on their feet at Broadway Dance Center and just their class plans on the fly because of this. Students generally have a good idea of where they belong, 
but some do accidentally guess up on their first try instead of down. I, I know for a fact that the the front desk staff and the group services staff often tell visiting groups that the level of class they think they should take is probably one level down from that. Um, and I think that's good advice for anybody that isn't sure exactly where they belong. As I always tell students that it is better to take down a level and then build up if you feel it is too easy or slow. Um, like for instance, our beginner classes, I believe it says something like five years of experience to take our beginner classes. Um, and even our basic level classes, it says one year experience. Uh, so we run eight week absolute beginner workshops. If you've listened to my podcast, you, you'll see or see, <laughs> you'll hear, uh, in the past that I've run absolute beginner workshops at Broadway Dance Center. And there are these eight week workshops for 18 adults, 18 and up. And that is really the first class that people should be taking if they want to, if they've never taken a dance class before at Broadway Dance Center, because that's kind of like your introduction that pushes you into the basic level. Um, but yeah, I think it's really good advice for students to take a level down and build up. Um, because it's it's a lot better to do that than feel like you're just sinking in a class that's too too hard or if you're standing in the back just watching everything happen around you and not getting to really enjoy and get value out of your class. But yes, as a teacher, you never know who's going to show up for class and if they will be at an appropriate level. Now, on the flip side, class levels at Broadway Dance Center are often more of a suggestion than an end-all say-all. We don't get together very often as faculty to discuss our classes. This usually happens maybe once or twice a year and not, and I'll talk about this a little bit later, but considering how fluid our faculty is, um, because a lot of us are working professionally outside of Broadway Dance Center, um, some people aren't even around for these meetings. There are probably over a hundred of us employed between permanent faculty members, guest faculty members, and additional additional faculty members. And it would be practically impossible to get everybody together and everybody on the same page. For instance, I've been told that my basic ballet class is slow, hard, and straightforward, but exactly what one would expect for that level. But I've also been told that all of my ballet classes from there lean in the harder direction. My beginner class, it's definitely beginner, but it's very, very challenging. Um, and I'll be talking about this probably in my next podcast, but I have an article coming out uh, in Dance Magazine in the middle of June. It's an online article, and I'll be talking about how I developed my classes um, for adults. So you'll be able to read a little bit about there. But my, my classes are very challenging. I, I treat every class like you are going to be stepping on the stage at one point to dance professionally, whether you will ever have the possibility of doing that or not. So yeah, my beginner class is definitely beginner, but it's very challenging. Um, my advanced beginner class leans towards a slow intermediate level, and I teach my intermediate class at an advanced level because there are very few advanced classes at Broadway Dance Center, um, which is funny because it's New York City, and there are lots of professionals in our classes, but uh, something that we've learned over time is that when you 
list a class at an advanced level uh, at the open class studios in New York City, it actually deters many students from taking because uh, a lot of the students think that it's going to be way too difficult or that only professionals should be taking those classes. So teachers like me who want to provide that level class will often call it intermediate because it doesn't scare people away. Um, and it, it makes sure that we have enough people in class and that we are uh, getting appropriately paid. And I'll get to that in a second. I'm not quite there yet. All right. Um, actually, you know what? Let's change it up. I like to, I have my notes here. Um, I don't read verbatim, but I give like an idea of how I want to do this. But you know, I can do whatever I want. This is my podcast. So let's talk about getting paid at Broadway Dance Center. So uh, teachers that teach at tuition-based programs typically set a, a rate for their classes. Um, it could be a certain amount per class or it could be – I like most people that I know get paid per hour. Um, and it doesn't work that way in an open class studio, uh, at least in New York City open class studio, especially at Broadway Dance Center. We don't, do not receive a set fee per class. Uh, we actually get paid per head. Uh, and if you don't understand what that means, we get paid a certain fee per person that shows up. So – it really gives you incentive to build your audience because if, say, two people show up, you are not really getting paid to teach. But if you are one of those popular teachers that gets those big numbers, you could make more money than you could ever imagine uh, or more money than you could ever get paid per hour. Um, so there's great incentive to really promote yourself and to uh, give good classes and create positive relationships with your students so that they come back. Um, so I, when I first started teaching at Broadway Dancer, most people don't actually know this because, uh, well, as you know, if you've been listening to my podcast, I commuted from Philadelphia to New York to build enough work to move up to the city. And Broadway Dance Center was one of the first places that actually hired me to start teaching. And I was first hired as additional faculty, which, which essentially meant that I was a glorified sub. Um, <laughs> they would, I didn't have a regular class. They would send me an email and ask me if I was available to teach classes. Sometimes I would find out the day of, and sometimes I would actually purchase a ticket from Philadelphia in the morning to teach at Broadway Dance Center in the night if I found out that day. Um, but since I was paid per head and nobody really knew who I was, sometimes I actually paid to teach. Um, it's 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 kind of how the the system works the the faculty members they put in their time their faces are at the top of the faculty page on the on the website their headshots are hanging in the hallways and if somebody's visiting and they they want to get a good class they're they're not going to look to the additional faculty page or even probably the guest faculty page they're probably going to look for the the big name teachers um so that's the first thing and then from there uh really the only way i think that most people showed up is if they came planning to take somebody else's class and they saw a different name and they're like well i'm here i might as well take so there were times i was teaching two to five to seven people and with how much i was getting paid per head I was actually paying to teach because I would take the subway in Philadelphia. I would take the Bolt bus up. I would take the subway uh, to Broadway Dance Center, and then I would reverse that entire trip. And sometimes I would only break even or even pay to teach. So uh, we get paid per head, and it really it's uh, 
it's just very interesting because you can really do well or you can struggle. Um, and I think that that's part of the reason why some teachers don't stay uh, through that struggle period to become permanent faculty because it really isn't lucrative. You have to have the ability to support yourself while you work to get the numbers of students where you're actually making a, a positive salary. Um, another thing that a lot of people don't realize is that we are responsible as ballet teachers. This, this isn't uh, an issue for the other teachers that use recorded music, but we are responsible as ballet teachers to pay a portion of our pianist's salary. Um, so we have live musicians that play for our classes, which I love. There's nothing better than having live music in class. Um, but I was quite shocked at first when I started teaching there, and I was told that I was going to have to pay a portion of my, my pianist's rate. Um, but now that I uh, now that I've been a part of the organization for a little bit longer, and I've developed relationships with certain musicians, and also had certain challenges with certain musicians, it's nice to actually have a little bit of buying power when it comes to your musician. Because if you're if you're pleased with what they're doing, you can you can give them perks. And if you're not pleased with what they're doing, you actually have some say as to whether they can continue playing for your classes. Um, so it, it really gives you a little bit more control over your class um, instead of just having the, the organization choose a pianist and whether you like them or not, you are stuck with them. Um, I haven't really had that issue very much, but I mean... We won't get into too many details in the, the small instance where it has been an issue. Um, last thing on the pay scale, just uh, one thing that I think people kind of assume, but it hasn't really been talked about. Um, we are allowed to have three guests per class, which I really enjoy because... Um, I've used them for multiple things. I've, I, I give them to friends so that they can stay in shape because it can be very pricey to, to stay in shape in New York City if you don't have a company that offers regular company class. Um, <clears throat> beyond that, uh, I like using my, my guest pass to sort of test out dancers. As I start to work to develop my own company and my own choreography, I will be using these to uh, really sort of audition dancers or if I have dancers that I want to be working with regularly. I can guess them into my classes. Uh, I've also done exchanges with other professionals, not dance professionals, but for instance, one of my regular guests, we exchange classes for massages, which has been really nice and beneficial to my my uh, my own practice. Um, and beyond that, I uh, I also this summer will start using these guest slots for my contemporary class to start developing assistants to teach me, teach me, to teach for me, um, <clears throat> or to develop these assistants as I teach. Because my goal as a contemporary instructor is not to be the only one teaching my technique. Um, I would love to have other dancers that can teach so that they can spread this, this technique around. Um, so I, I intend to use these guest slots to have assistants so that they can learn the warm-up and the technique and the style and that they can not only help me as I age and can't show as much in class, which right now I can, but I know I won't be like that forever, but also so that they can uh, they can 
use this technique to teach and support themselves and all of that. Um, speaking of which, I am still looking for a female assistant for my contemporary classes this summer, um, which essentially their job will be to come every week uh, to make sure that they are standing in the front of class, that they know my warm-up, that they can learn the choreography fast for the combinations that I teach, um, and they'll get comped to class. So um, if you are that person, you can reach out to me on my website, www.barrycorollis.com, or you can uh, reach out to me on Facebook. And if you want to be taken into consideration, let's chat. Okay, I'm going to go back to what I was originally going to talk about next um, because it just felt like an appropriate time to talk about how we get paid as faculty members at Broadway Dancer. All right, so teaching at BDC, as we call it, it's an international experience. Um, If you've ever taken class from me, uh, which a few of you have, because actually just this past Tuesday, another student came up to me in my beginner ballet class and told me that they were a podcast listener. Uh, It puts a smile on my face. I I love hearing from you guys. Uh, There's the ice cream man. I'm going to take a second and close my window. I will be right back. Alrighty, thank you for your patience. Uh, Just a reminder, I... uh, I record my podcast in my apartment, um, and living in a city like New York City, there is always noise, um, and now that it's nice and springy, summery out, um, the ice cream man goes by. It's funny because it's a very different one than what I'm used to, or what I was used to as a kid. It's barking dogs and claps and things. Anyway, let's get back on track for this. Thank you again for your patience. Um, so I, I was saying how, uh, Teaching at Broadway Dance Center is an international experience, um, and I was talking about how my my podcast, one of my podcast listeners, came into class. Um, so, if you have taken class from me, you will know that I rely a great deal on imagery and critical thinking to guide my students through technique and uh, artistry and all aspects of dance training. And when I first started teaching at Broadway Dance Center, I was often confused when I would give a student an elaborate explanation or even a simple correction and they would not or they would nod their head and make exactly the same mistake that they were making prior to my correction. But what I slowly learned was that a glazed look in the eye followed by a head nod and a failed execution is not them not wanting to apply the correction, it actually means that the student doesn't speak English. (laughs) Um, And it took me a while to figure this out. Um, But now, having two years under my belt at Broadway Dance Center, I can spot somebody who doesn't understand me almost immediately. and I mean, it's 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 actually kind of funny. And but this is one of those things that it's very exciting for me because I've always wanted to share my art form with an international audience. <clears throat> and I I felt at first like I struggled with it, but then I realized that I was going to do exactly what I wanted to, and I had to figure out a way to to work with these students. So what, I, what I've learned is how to be very precise about giving a correction, not just with my words, but with body language and with visual guidance. So when somebody doesn't understand my words, they can still understand pointing or me physically adjusting them. Uh, 
So that's really how I go about doing it. I'll be very, very direct and make sure that I show, for instance, like if a foot is sickled, I'll sickle the foot, then I'll unsickle the foot and I'll sickle it again and unsickle it. And then I'll point to their foot and try to have them do the same thing. And it works. Uh, we are one of the most famous schools in the world. So we do field a lot of students on vacation wanting to take from renowned New York City teachers. Like I said, it's been very exciting for me to get to share my art with an international audience. And who knows, maybe one day this will actually even bring me out uh, internationally to work with students. So uh, it's one thing that I really love about my job. All right, so we've talked about an international audience, how we get paid, uh, class levels and people showing up for class levels. I wanted to talk for a second about what I am paying attention to in class. Um, teaching is actually quite exhausting. And when I work with a group regularly, it's the first few weeks are really exhausting and then it gets a little easier because the students, as they get to know me, they understand certain cues. I don't have to show everything that I, that I want them to do because we'll often uh, build on things that we've been working on through the weeks. Uh, but it's different teaching at a school like Broadway Dance Center. Um, it, it's an exercise in multitasking, especially as a ballet teacher. So I teach contemporary and ballet. Ballet, definitely way harder than contemporary. Not that the con teaching contemporary classes isn't equally difficult, but ballet, there's a lot happening in class. Um, as soon as you enter the classroom, about a thousand things start to start to happen. You have to make sure that the bars are set up properly because it's a new audience each class and not everybody knows the culture of the room. Uh, then we have to check the temperature and the smell of the room because, you know, people are always working out. And sometimes the last class as they leave, they leave some. Whew, they, they need to make sure that they're wearing enough deodorant. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I have to decide whether to open windows or close windows, turn the air conditioning on or fans on or heat, depending on what season it is. Um, from there, I'm often giving and showing combinations, answering questions, guiding my pianists to play the correct music at the proper tempo. I'm walking around giving physical corrections. I have to make sure that students are, aren't being rude or discourteous to me or others, uh, making sure etiquette is enforced. Um, I have to adjust my class plan to fit the people who came to class. I'm also watching the clock to make sure I'm on track to get everything in. We also, uh, every class that we teach, uh, somebody from the front desk has to come and count our class and sometimes they actually need to call out names. Um, I also have to count the class myself so that I can check the numbers when they come in and ask me to sign off because like I said before, we get paid per head. Um, and there's even more than that. So there, there's a lot happening and as, as a teacher in an open class setting, we are multitasking like no other. Um, beyond our regular students, we are always assessing the new students that are coming in. And really, I mean, it's our job to make sure that people, everybody is getting their best experience. Um, and when you have, I mean, the most people I've had in class at this point have been about 35 people. Um, and when you have 35 people and in a, in a room and over half to three quarters of them, you're just meeting and probably a quarter to half of them don't speak English as their first language or don't understand English at all. Um, it is it is just a wild ride. Some classes I leave and I just like, whew, I have no idea how I got through that. Um, but yeah, some days I can leave after teaching just one class completely and utterly mentally exhausted. 
uh, there is a lot happening and most people don't even realize half the things that are are happening or what's going through through our minds as we are conveying class and information and dance training. Um, so yeah, that is that. Okay, let's talk a little bit about colleagues. I don't know more than half of my colleagues <laughs> at Broadway Dance Center. And it took me two years to meet only a few dozen. Um, like I said at the beginning of this episode, there are probably between the permanent faculty all the way down to the additional faculty, there are probably over a hundred colleagues. Um, and when I first started teaching at Broadway Dance Center, I only taught regularly on Fridays. Well, actually, okay. Well, when I first started as a sub, I would just drop in and randomly meet people. But when I first got my regular Friday class, and I only ha had one class really for almost a year. Um, I was only meeting the, f the few teachers that taught during that or during the same class slot that I did because we'd be in the faculty room together. Um, now that I, I've taught different days and now I have four permanent classes um, and then I, have, I pick up other classes on the side, I'm starting to get to know more people, uh, which is really cool. Um, but it's, it's interesting because the, the faculty dressing room is almost as chaotic as it is teaching class because often there are, there are seven studios, so there can be up to seven faculty members coming in there might be some that are finished that can't that, that that stayed there late after their classes or they're coming in early or they come in after teaching and so there's constant movement in there and people are trying to connect and talk but they're also trying to prepare their classes so you have people talking you have music playing you have people standing in the bathroom looking in the mirror going over the combinations sometimes instructors will have their assistants in there teaching them the choreography for their next class so that they can help guide the students um it's really crazy in there um but it's also very exciting i remember the first time i went in and all these things were happening i uh I was just overwhelmed. And then every once in a while, there's a teacher that comes who maybe I've looked up to over the years, whether they're there for a master class or they're there um, as regular faculty, but they're gone a lot because they, they work. Um, and like, for instance, I got to meet Javier Ninja, who's famous in the, the voguing scene. And I was just in all <laughs> but yeah so it's very it's 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 a, a massive organization and it takes a long time to really get to know uh your colleagues at broadway dance center i'm still getting to know them um but at the same time uh there there's there's so many opportunities because of the the people that are there um Broadway Dance Center. One of the re well, one of the reasons that I moved to New York was because I was traveling the country so much, and I couldn't find any work in Philadelphia where they were comfortable with me picking up and leaving for periods of time. Because as a choreographer, if I get a, a great gig, I'm gonna go. Um, and in Philadelphia and other places I've lived, they like to have more consistency in their teachers, which I completely understand. But Broadway Dance Center actually likes that their teachers are working professionals. Um, so many of us are often in and out for classes while away on gigs, and there are constant opportunities for new teachers to come in because they'll cover for those of us that are, are leaving. Um, and with all these working professionals, there, like I said, there's a lot happening at the school and a lot of opportunities. I often receive emails to sub for colleagues. Um, <clears throat> 
they they need assistance for their classes. Um, just yesterday, I got an email from uh, our one of, one of our managers at Broadway Dance Center that another teacher that I haven't yet met uh, had a request from a school that he works at for me to teach a, a master class. Um, there's there are groups constantly coming into Broadway Dance Center, so uh, there are often group requests. I, I've even received a master class request from a Brazilian group there. Um, we sometimes get emails about castings. There was just a casting for Equinox Hotel that I received. Um, unfortunately, I'm too old to, to do that, but there, there was also uh, a choreographic opportunity for uh, a shoe company that they were looking for a choreographer that could do four 30 second spots, um, commercial, like commercial spots for them. So, uh, it's, it's a fast paced organization that keeps us on our toes and it offers a lot of opportunities, small and large. And I'm only beginning to get to tap into those things. Um, now that I've finally achieved permanent faculty there. Um, so it's been very exciting and, uh, there's just so much happening. It's very much like the pace of New York. It's a, a new Broadway dance center is, uh, a school that is very representative of what it's like to live in New York. And I, I feel so lucky to be a part of the organization. And I'm so proud to be on the permanent faculty. I Broadway Dance Center was the first school that I came to, the first time that I ever came to New York. I My friend and I, at the age of 15, we took a train up by ourselves. Our parents let us come up and we navigated before smartphones we pulled out a map and navigated the subway and found our way to broadway dance center when it was still on 57th street by the hard rock cafe now there are like crazy super tall buildings there um but it was the first place that i went and um i remember just thinking how incredible it would be if one day i achieved the the honor of being a, a faculty member there um so to work at this institution, it's just, I'm getting to live out one of my childhood dreams. Um, and I just feel so lucky to be doing all that. So I, I think that that covers everything I really wanted to talk about today. I just want to give you guys a taste of what it's like to be a faculty member at Broadway Dance Center. Um, it's, it's really just a wild ride and I'm, and I'm, I'm really enjoying everything that I'm getting to do there. And I, I thought that you might get a little bit of enjoyment in hearing what it's like. Um, so hopefully if you are traveling this summer into New York City, I will get to see you in one of my ballet or contemporary classes. Um, if you need any information uh, about my classes or any of my colleagues' classes, you can go to broadwaydancecenter.com. This is not a paid advertisement from them. They did not ask me to do this podcast for them. This is just me doing what I do. Um, but you can go to broadwaydancecenter.com if you want to see my class schedule, uh, which is updated regularly if I have additional classes. You can find it uh, by clicking on my my bio on the faculty pages. I'm in the ballet and contemporary faculty. Or you can always reach out to me on Facebook. I've actually in the last couple days received a few messages on Facebook from uh, prospective students. Or you can find me uh, on my website, which I said earlier in the podcast, but I'll say it again in the outro. So if you are in New York City during the summer, I hope that you come and dance with me. Um, and if not, maybe I'll see you at some point in the future. All righty. 
I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Pod to Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorollis.com. Again, that's www.barrykerollis.com. You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcasts or to book masterclasses in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcast on the Premier Dance Network. New hosts from your favorite dance companies are being added monthly. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B. Carolus, or on Twitter at Bariscos. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blogs. Life of a Freelance Dancer is currently archived, and I wrote for five years about working as a freelance artist there. And you can also go to my new blog, dancingoffstage.wordpress.com. That's Dancing Off Stage. And on this platform, I talk about the post-performance careers of professional dancers. I also have a YouTube channel that features my choreography if you're interested in seeing some of that. And you can find that by searching B. Carolus on YouTube. Thanks for listening in to Pod of Chats. I hope you return in two weeks from Friday to talk dance with me. And remember to go out and support your local dance scene.